Hello and welcome to day 16 of Dry Jan Like a Sober Rebel, the mini-series that's designed to give you food for thought over this first month of sobriety. I'm Louisa Evans, a cognitive behavioural hypnotherapist, and I'm pooling together my professional knowledge along with the collective knowledge from the sober community to share with you hints, tips and advice, and also some useful content on mental health. And I've really been looking forward to this episode on relationships and how to navigate romantic relationships and also friendships in sobriety. How do they change? What happens if your partner still drinks? How do you navigate that? Or is your partner going sober with you? So I've completely turned over this episode to the sober community and I've asked them to send me through voice notes and messages so that I can pull together as much information and from as many different viewpoints as possible. Because this really is a subject where there is no right way or wrong way. We just know that we have to focus on our own sobriety. For me, when I went sober or decided I needed to do that first 30 days, I wasn't even going to tell my husband. Now that sounds bonkers, because we talk about absolutely everything, and I'm sure I would have told him. But in my head, I thought I've got to stop making this a couple's project because every time we tried to moderate, it would be a couple's project. It would be, right, this week we're not going to drink until Thursday or this week we're not going to drink until this night out we've got. And when we were doing that, what I found was we could both so easily trigger the other one into drinking. So he would have a knack of ringing me at four o'clock, as would I to him, That would be the witching hour for both of us. He was just coming to the end at that point of a working day on a building site. So often if it was hot or dusty or dry, he would tell himself that that's what he wanted, a drink. And for me, that was after the school run when I'm still trying to close off my working day with the children around, organising tea. And that was my danger zone. So in the moderation phase of desperately trying to keep a handle of our alcohol intake, which we did for a few years, That would be the danger zone. And we would know that subconsciously or consciously, a little phone call just saying, are we drinking tonight? So when it came to going sober, I knew and I had heard enough people telling me I had to do it for myself. So that's what I did. I decided regardless of what he was going to do, I was no longer going to ask him to go sober with me or to have nights off with me because I knew I needed to do this potentially for a long time. And that wouldn't be fair. So that first night that he came home, it was a night we'd said we weren't going to drink anyway. I had a school function on for my daughter. So that was nice and easy. And then later on that night, I confessed to him that I wanted to do 30 days. I think if I'd have said any more to him or to myself, I'd have totally freaked us both out. But I said, look, I really want to do this 30 days. I really want to prove to myself that I'm in control of alcohol. And he supported me. Now, I know not everybody has that level of support. And for that, I'm eternally grateful to him. But he said, let's do it together. So let's hear from Richard Casement, who is the owner of Clean Break Brewing. 
Hey Louisa, how's it going? I hope you're well. It's Rich here. Just thought I'd drop you a quick note on the topic of partners drinking when you don't drink. My wife still drinks, not as much as she used to when I drunk, but she still enjoys a drink and that's fine. It's my journey to go on, so I never expect her to do the same thing as I'm doing. Yeah, it was difficult at first. At times, you know, it was a bit awkward. We had some emotional conversations around what that meant for us going forward. But do you know what? I think we've both realised that I'm a better person. I'm a better husband. I'm a better father for going alcohol-free. And the key for me is communication. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Because when you don't communicate, it ends up leaving it open to misunderstanding. And that can lead to resentment. So communication for me is the key. Give each other a safe space to talk about how you're feeling about each other's relationship with or without alcohol. Don't judge, don't jump in, try not to argue, talk about it. Because without that communication, there's no understanding. Without the understanding can become resentment. So yeah, really important. Communication is key. Some of the least supportive comments I had when I first stopped drinking, came from my friends, funnily enough. But do you know what? Those co- those comments have been what spurred me on to do what I've done since in terms of setting up Clean Break. So, yeah, those are my whys. And now let's hear from Kerry. I would say that I'm going sober on my own. My husband isn't. He has cut down and a couple of weeks ago he went a whole 21 days without having anything to drink mainly because he's been a bit concerned about his health he's had to go in for an operation so he has cut down he's not drinking as much as he was but he is still drinking and I've noticed the habits creeping in it was really nice that point when he wasn't drinking because I felt like um, he understood where I was coming from he did feel a lot better I felt like at one point oh yeah like we're on the same page we can do this together It hasn't really been difficult for me in terms of him not drinking. He hasn't given me any pressure. He knows that I want want to do this, so he's been totally accepting of that, which which has been amazing. We haven't gone to the pub as much, Um, not not really because we've been avoiding it, but just I don't think he's enjoying it as much. We've also saved money by not going to the pub as well. I haven't had any triggers as such because I think I'm so determined that I want to do this for myself. You know, in life, I'm going to have to be around people that drink, if you know, unless I want to be a hermit, and I don't. So I think this time round, I'm educating myself. I'm doing it for me. I've got my reasons for doing it. And I'm not going to put pressure on him not to drink either because that's not fair as much as I want him to give up or cut down because, I, you know, I know it's not good for his health. I'm not going to put that pressure on him. I've just got to accept that it's his his decision. Um, So I think we're quite in alignment there, if you know what I mean. And I'm lucky. I've got a really good group of friends who are really supportive in terms of they accept what I want to do. I I, I called my friends back a long time ago. Like, I've been working on myself for a long time, for probably about four or five years. So I've, I've done a lot of culling in terms of like moving away from negative people, moving away from people that don't make me feel good about myself. So I am really lucky that I've got some really good friends around me who are really supportive of, of me. You know, I, I just feel that, you know, I'm not going to miss out on my friendships because I'm not drinking. I do get frustrated sometimes that my husband, especially when he goes out and has lots to drink, you know, comes home, falls asleep on the sofa and... Yeah, just things like that, like 
not concerned about spending money but it's not all the time and we don't argue about things like that anymore because it's just not worth it. I just take myself off to my bedroom and go to bed. Um, luckily that doesn't happen very often. So let's hear from Leanne, also known as Cheers to Being Sober on Instagram. Hi Louisa, my partner didn't drink or still doesn't drink as much as I did. He was one of the main reasons, along with my daughter, that I wanted to stop. Ended up getting to a point where he was giving me the side eye at night, you know, saying, come on babe, like what are you doing kind of thing. Anyway, he's been great the majority of the time. We both sit there and drink fizzy water. But just recently I've noticed that he's been going up to his workshop because he's an off-road racer. Just recently he's been coming home smelling like he's had a drink. Apparently his his friend that he works on the buggies with keeps taking beers up there. I've had a mixed bag of emotions about when he comes back stinking a beer but he's not having it at home. I almost feel like he's been doing it in secret, not telling me or whatever. Not that I feel... he, He obviously feels like he doesn't want to do it, so it's obviously out of care and respect for me. But I think I'd rather him just be able to be himself as I kind of recognise that it's my issue, not his issue. I kind of do wish that he'd feel like he'd be able to do it at home. He doesn't ever really have more than two. And Heather, also known as Dear Knickknack on Instagram. Over to you to talk about friendships, because that's also a relationship that can be impacted by alcohol. Since going sober, I found my relationships uh, with friends has massively improved. It used to be in the old days, we'd just go out and have a drink and dance and not really remember the night and not have much conversation. But now I tend to go on walks with my friends and we go to restaurants and sit and chat. And I really feel like the people that I've known for the past 20 years, I feel like I know them so much better now. I understand what's happening in their lives, their families' lives. So... You know, sobriety has really, really enhanced my relationships with my friends. And the lovely Leah from Sober South Sea Squad wants to mention about sober dating. So go for it, Leah. Right. Dating and relationships with non-sober people. Because let's face it, people in recovery, sober people, we are the minority. And sometimes... You maybe don't want to limit yourself to only date people who are also in recovery or sober. I think it's really important to set your boundaries and know your own sweet spot when it comes to this kind of thing. For me, I don't have an issue with someone who has a glass of wine with dinner. But being around drunk people or heavy drinkers is a massive no-no for me. Not necessarily because I find it that triggering... But because I find it really, really boring. (laughs) Being around drunk people is boring. And it's not that fun when you're sober. I also will not have alcohol in my home. So should somebody want to be in a relationship with me or to date me, uh, they would have to be on board with not having alcohol in the home because it's just too readily available. And it's not something that I trust myself around. It's not something I want... I don't want to have that internal conversation with myself about whether there's wine in the fridge and should I go near it. So that's just a massive no. That's my boundary. That's my personal boundary. And 
I use that boundary to facilitate relationships. If somebody cannot respect that boundary, then they're not the one for me. Um, Being comfortable enough being on your own means that you can be very selective with your partners and who you choose to associate with. Thank you so much, Leah. And thank you to everybody who's contributed to this episode. As always, I'm amazed by people's openness, people's honesty, and they're willing to share their vulnerabilities and details about their lives in order to help other people. Because going sober is difficult, it's hard. And when you're in a relationship with somebody who's drinking, maybe drinking heavily, that can impact you. And there is no one size fits all. It's different things for different people. So hopefully here in this episode, we've touched on some of the common themes about friendships or about relationships. But if you need support, then do reach out. It's always good to find somebody who may have a similar experience to you or be in a similar situation to you. So thank you once again to everyone. And I think also it's about having a level of compassion for the partner involved as well, because whereas we've decided that we have an issue with alcohol, they haven't. And certainly for Dale and I, when we met, we were both heavy drinkers. That was part of the attraction. We spent all of our time partying. And to change that fundamental part of your life, of your life as a couple, it does affect both of you, whether you intend it to or not. But equally, you can't not do it for that reason. If you're feeling like your drinking is a problem, then it's a problem you need to deal with. And your relationship will evolve. I honestly, at the start of it, didn't know what me wanting to go sober was going to look like for us. I didn't expect Dale to join me. I didn't expect him to throw himself into it the way that he has. And I never asked him to. It was incredibly important that this was his decision. So I hope you find this episode useful. But if there's anything that's triggered you, then please do get in touch with somebody. And if you're worried about your drinking or if you're struggling in some way, then do reach out. There are lots of organisations to support you. If you'd like to find out more about my story, then you can head to my website, louisaevans.com where you'll find lots of useful links, including a link to my audiobook on Audible. And you'll also find a range of hypnosis and relaxation downloads that you can try at home. Use code SOBERREBEL, all one word, to buy one, get one free, as a Sober Rebel listener. You can also find out about working with me in therapy if you need further support. You may like to follow me on Instagram at Stepping Into Sobriety. And all of these links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you tomorrow. Tomorrow.